Hey, Merry Christmas. Thank you for being with us this evening, our last of four services. We appreciate you coming out and joining us as we celebrate Christmas together. And, uh, and kind of as we get started this evening, i got a question I want you to kind of think through. Like, what's the best news you've ever received, okay? Think, think about that. What's the best news you've ever received? Uh, maybe it was that you got that job that you've always wanted. Uh, maybe you found out that you were pregnant Maybe you got into that college that you wanted to go to. Uh, maybe the doctor came back and gave you a clean bill of health. Or, or maybe the best news you received was this week. You got a phone call from your mother-in-law, and she's like, I'm not coming to Christmas this year. <laughs> right? Mother-in-laws, we love you. Thank you for being mother-in-laws. But, um, but we love good news. Now, now, the question is, though, how do we respond to good news? Well, often we have a smile on our face, um, Maybe you're a person who likes to jump up and down when you get good news. Uh, maybe for you, you scream, you, you shout. Uh, maybe you get emotional, you, you cry. Some of us throw parties. We, we get a DJ, we get cake, we have funfetti because we, we just love good news. Because what we know about good news is good news brings great joy. And that is one of the things that we find in the story of Christmas, like these kids just told us here just a second ago. If you've been with us over the past few weeks, we've been in a series called The One, and we've been looking at this passage, we've been looking at these, these words that this, this angel says to these shepherds, and I actually want to go back to that, and that's where we're going to spend our time this evening. In Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Now, you may be familiar with this part of the Christmas story. We have this group of shepherds, and they are out in the fields, and they are doing their job. They're taking care of, they're protecting, they're guarding this group of sheep. And as we look here, we also find out that it's nighttime. And so the sheep are probably corralled by the shepherds. Um, maybe the sheep are asleep. They're, they're just resting. Uh, the shepherds may be asleep. They, they may be resting, too, or, or maybe they're roasting chestnuts by the open fire, right? Maybe that's where we get that from. I don't know. But, uh, but, but it's pitch dark, there's no street lights, there's no night lights, there's no Christmas lights to illuminate everything. And so here they are in the midst of the night, and all of a sudden this bright light just starts shining. And if they're like us, which they very much were, then their eyes are kind of adjusting from the dark to the light and what's happening. And, and as they, they can kind of start to see what's there, they, they notice that there's an angel standing in their midst. As we read here, it says that they were terrified, they're afraid, they're scared, and our story continues. It says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. We start our time this evening, we sang a Christmas carol called Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and it's, it's based on this part of the Christmas story. Well, what's kind of the connection here? If we look back at the time of Jesus, when uh, there was this big announcement that your family was going to make, especially if you had a little bit of money, especially about the birth of a child, you would send this herald out into your community to announce this incredible news. So for instance, if we kind of took what was happening here in our story, uh, Mary and Joseph would have hired this herald to go into the community and say, hey, Mary and Joseph, they just had a kid, uh, they had a son, they named him Jesus, 
Uh, He's a big kid. He's like nine pounds, 10 ounces, about 22 inches long, but everybody's doing really, really well. And hey, they're down at the stable and he's in the manger. If you want to go take him some gifts, some food, some cards, whatever you want to do. I mean, this would have been the norm in those days to have this herald go out and to, to announce this incredible, incredible news. But if we look here, God sends Jesus to this earth. God is, or Jesus is, is born. And God sends a herald. He, he sends this angel to announce this good news. But as we look at what God does here, God doesn't do what you and I probably would have done. God doesn't send this herald to Rome, which was the political power of that time, which again, if I'm thinking about this, you got the new king that has just been born to all humanity. Like that sounds like a great place to announce this birth, but God doesn't do that. God doesn't send this angel to the city of Jerusalem, which for the Jewish people would have been the central location for all of their, their faith, for their religion. That would make sense. God doesn't even send this angel into the little town of Bethlehem, which again, would have made sense. This is where Mary and Joseph are. They've got family and friends that are there. You're going to announce the birth of this kid. What we see here is that God sends this angel, sends this herald to the shepherds. And you're like, well, of course, because my nativity scene has shepherds in it and an angel. That's what God's supposed to do, right? It's not how that works, okay? We can talk about that theologically some other time, but but this herald is sent there to the shepherds. And the, the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. But here's what fascinates me about this. Is that God only sends this angel, this herald, to the, angel, to the, to the shepherds in the fields. No one else, no other place. This is the only place this happens. And And so as I'm thinking about this, I'm kind of beginning to wonder, why choose the shepherds over everybody else? Well, I think it's because you and I, we may find that we're not much different than the shepherds. And in many ways, this makes perfect sense. If we look at the shepherds back in Jesus' day, there were some feelings they probably had based on the work that they did for their living so that they could survive uh, in this role as a shepherd. One of the things that I would say about these shepherds probably back in Jesus' day, they felt inadequate personally. Uh, Here was a group that I'm sure compared themselves to other people constantly. And as they did this, they knew that they didn't measure up. I mean, educationally, they were inadequate. Uh, Many of them were, most of them were uneducated. Most of them were illiterate. And so as they compared themselves to other people, they were educationally just inadequate. Uh, There's no career advancement within the world of shepherding, right? There's no corporate ladder you could continue to climb. So if you're a shepherd, you just are always a shepherd. Uh, Culturally, they would have been inadequate. Um, They were with sheep all the time. And I don't know what you know about sheep, but sheep don't smell good, and they're dirty and nasty. And as a shepherd, hey, you probably didn't smell good, and you're probably dirty and nasty too. And so no one really wanted to hang out with them too much. And then spiritually, they were inadequate. Uh, You know, in the Jewish faith, you got all these religious rules and traditions and laws in place, and you're supposed to follow them, and you're supposed to participate in all these rituals, and, and they couldn't. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, They were protecting and caring for these sheep. And so these shepherds probably felt pretty inadequate on a personal level. But I'm also sure that these shepherds felt unloved by others. 
shepherds were some of the most disrespected people of that time. Uh, to be a shepherd meant you held one of the worst jobs that, that you could have. And, and so this job was actually left mostly for slaves and for thieves. And so if you were a shepherd, it was just kind of assumed that this is sort of your background and who you were. In fact, so many of them were thieves that in the court of law, and you may know this, in the court of law, a shepherd could not give a testimony, even if they had been an eyewitness of something that took place. And even if you weren't a thief, but you were a shepherd, people assumed you were a thief because you had this role of being a shepherd. And so here you have society that's constantly looking down on you and, and saying, hey, you're, you're not as important or as loved as maybe we are. And, and so they struggled with, with feeling unloved. So much so that when it came to romantic relationships, um, if you think about that for a second, you know, there's no Harlequin romance novel that has a shepherd as the main person there, right? Now, I don't know this because I've never read one, but maybe you have and you've seen that before. And if you can, you can show me that. But most of the time, the shepherd wasn't the person you were going to pick as the main character. Because in, in those days, if your daughter came home to you as a dad and said, hey, I, I want to marry this shepherd. As a dad, you would grab all the family's belongings, you would put them in the family station wagon, you would take off as fast as you could. Because there was no way you were going to let your daughter marry a shepherd. And so as you can imagine, these romantic relationships were non-existent for these shepherds also. And so every day they have this feeling of, of being unloved by others. But I also think these shepherds probably felt unworthy of God. Uh, as I said a little bit earlier, you know, you're talking about this Jewish society that was um, based on religion. And if you were looking at the religious system that was in place, the shepherds would have been rejected always by the religious people, specifically the, the religious leaders. Um, well, one of the things that we, we know about these shepherds, again, is that they were always on the go. Very similar to, um, to maybe long-haul truckers of today. Gone for weeks and months at a time. And so there was no Flying J truck stop that these guys could stop at and get a nice warm meal, uh, use the payphone, play the lottery, do their, their ceremonial cleansings. Uh, where they were located, there were no temples around. So anything that was happening at the temple, they just couldn't participate in. There was no way they could get away from these sheep because they were always with these sheep. And so based on this, the religious leaders look at these shepherds and they're like, hey, here's the deal. You're not good enough for God. In fact, there's nothing that you can do to get right with God because you can't participate in all these different rituals and traditions and you can't follow all these laws. And so if you're a shepherd, you probably lived in some fear. You're probably worried about where you stood in this connection and this relationship with, with God. You probably felt distant from God. Or as we said, you probably felt very unworthy of God. And so as I, I look at the shepherds and I kind of think about this life that they have to live and kind of the emotions and the feelings that they had based on what they do for a living, I'm thinking, I don't know that they're much different than you and me. So here we are at this time of year, we're here in the Christmas season and Everything around us tells us that we're supposed to be happy, right? That, that everything's supposed to be great and wonderful and, and perfect and full, full of joy. And you watch Christmas Hallmark movies and 
They've got the same plots and the same actors and the same locations they've been running for the last 30 years, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. But in the end, it's all about perfection. It's like this perfect relationship, this perfect family. Everything's perfect. And then we watch commercials, and it's all about Christmas cheer, and we listen to songs that talk about the merriness of the season. And yet many of us, we kind of feel more like the shepherds than we do the ending of one of these Hallmark movies. You know, as I look at ourselves and I kind of compare ourselves to the shepherds, I think maybe there's some of us that feel adequate personally ourselves. One of the things we're really great at, and it's not a gift that we should really hold on to, is we like to compare ourselves to other people. We're continually comparing ourselves to others. And if you're normal, that's probably about every day that, that you live your life. Now, trivially, or in a trivial, trivial way, I would say that maybe you compare yourself when it comes to Christmas decorations, right? You, your neighbor has this amazing house, and they've got decorations that run from the road all the way to the top of the chimney. They, they've got music that is playing, and to the beat and rhythm of the music, their lights are blinking on and off, right? You know, maybe you are that family or you know that family. But maybe you're the other person, you're the neighbor, and you, you have your house, and you've got one strand of lights, and it doesn't even reach all the way across your home, and half those lights don't even work. And so when you go outside, you see your neighbor during the Christmas season, you kind of hide from them. You're like, I don't want to see them because I know what I've done and what they've done, and I, there's no comparison. I wish I could do what they could do, and, and I just don't have the ability to do that. See, I know that's sort of trivial, but, but this is what we do. We compare ourselves to other people. We compare ourselves educationally. We compare ourselves and to someone else in their career. We compare ourselves to someone based on their finances or their family or the relationships that they, they have. We're always comparing ourselves to others around us. And when we do that, we can feel inadequate. We do this spiritually, too. Uh, we compare ourselves to other people spiritually. We, we he, see somebody else and we're like, man, they, they just seem like they're, they're so close to God. And no matter what conversation I'm having with them, they're, they're just pulling out these, these verses that they've memorized and they tell me where they're at and they're like, I didn't even know that book of the Bible existed. And I'm like, I, well, how do I figure this out? And then you listen to them pray, right? You hear them pray and at the end of their prayers, you're like, man, I got to go back to the dictionary and look up those words because... I've never heard those words before. And the last prayer I gave was when I said, hey, God, please don't let me hurt this person who just pulled into my parking spot here at the mall, right? See, we compare ourselves to other people on a spiritual level, too. And when we do that, we can feel like we are inadequate on a personal level. Maybe for somebody else, you feel unloved by others. Uh, This one may hit kind of close to home for many of us, because uh, maybe it's uh, the relationship you had with a parent growing up. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe your dad, when you were a kid, he, uh, he, he left. And you're still wondering today, well, what happened? Why, why did he leave? What did I do to make him leave? Why didn't he love me? So maybe you kind of struggle thinking about that relationship and, and feeling unloved by someone you, you felt like was supposed to love you fully. Maybe for someone else, this Christmas is a little bit different for you. Uh, This is the year your spouse, they walked out. They told you, hey, I got to move on. I'm done. I don't love you anymore. And and you're thinking, but I tried and I put all my effort in this and I did the best that I I could. What did I do wrong? Why why don't you still love me? 
See, I think for us, we can fall into that place of feeling unloved by others around us. And again, I don't think that's much different than the shepherds. But then the last piece here, you can also feel unworthy of God. And you can show up here on Christmas Eve to be a part of our Christmas services, which we're glad that you're doing. But you're starting to look at the people around you and you're thinking, look at that family. Man, their kids are quiet and they're smiling and they look like they just came out of a, a magazine shoot. Like they've got their mess together. And on the way here, I about knocked one of my kids out of the car because I'm about fed up with them at this point. Because we struggle with that, right? And you're like, but I'm here at church and I'm not supposed to think of those things or, or feel that way. Maybe I'm pretty messy. Maybe this isn't a place that I, I need to be and maybe I'm not worthy of God. And so maybe you're at that place in your own life or, or maybe you're thinking if they only knew me. If they only knew the things that I've said this week, the things that I've done, the person that I, I am, man, they wouldn't want me here. And if this God is real, then, and this God really knows me and knows how messy that I am, maybe this God doesn't want me here. And so we're really not much different than those shepherds. We can feel unworthy of God ourselves. And that's why, like the shepherds, we need to hear those words from the angel over and over and over again. Because that angel said, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. See, right in front of you, there may be someone sitting who's a divorced single mom, and she wants to give her kids everything that she can. She's, she's doing the, the hard work and taking care of them and, and taking care of their needs, and she's trying to navigate this tumultuous relationship with their, their dad. And, and maybe in her, she's kind of thinking, I don't know if I can do this, but, but those words resonate. And, and she's sitting there, she's thinking, but you know what? There's good news that brings great joy to all people. Maybe there's a guy who's sitting here right now, and this Christmas is going to be a little bit different. It's, it's been a hard year. It's been a, a year where maybe you feel completely like a failure because of financially struggling, and, and you know Christmas isn't going to be quite like it has been in, in the past, and, and you're kind of struggling with that, and you're feeling that tension, but, but at the same time, you know something that maybe someone else doesn't. You know there is good news that brings great joy to all people. Maybe there's someone else who's sitting close to you and they're single and they're looking around at all their friends and they're all married and they're like, I, I want this and I'm living the life I'm supposed to be living. I'm following Jesus and I just can't seem to build this relationship or find this person to spend my life with. You know, and, and they're asking that question like, what's wrong with me? But, but even in asking that question, even in that tension that's there, they still remind of those words from that angel to the shepherds. I bring you good news of great joy that's for all people. See, when I look at those shepherds and I see that God sends this herald, this angel, to share this news with these shepherds, I think that was a moment where God was telling the shepherds, hey, look, you are more than adequate. You are unconditionally loved. And you know what? You are worthy of God. And maybe those words are something you and I need to be reminded of too. That as we've maybe had a tough year, as maybe this has been a tough season for us, 
as we're trying to figure out what the future may look like, and we're struggling with some of these same ideas too, maybe this is the moment we need to hear those words ourselves. To be reminded, here's the deal, you are more than adequate because God created you. That you're loved unconditionally because God sent Jesus to this earth for you. And that you are more than worthy of God. And we know that because that angel on that evening told those shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. I hope and pray that you can hold on to those words as we go through this Christmas season, as we head into this new year. But it's always a reminder of who we are because of this season that we celebrate the birth of Jesus.